The content of the Think Dementia podcast is based on the individual opinion and experiences of Amy House and should not be used as or in place of medical care. Think Dementia recommends you consult a physician if you have medical concerns for yourself or a loved one. This disclaimer also extends to any guests or content creators of the show. And now, let's think dementia. Hey everyone, this is Amy House, and boy, my cup is full today because I went to a spring flower show with my residents. I saw tulips, I saw daffodils. I'm so excited for spring and to get my hands in the dirt. I love to garden, and I'm just wondering as a care partner, what is it that fills your cup? I heard a wonderful quote this week when I was listening in on some of my other podcasts that I listened to, and they mentioned, how can you fill someone else's cup if your cup is empty? That is a great thought to have because... Hopefully, that'll help you think about what can you do as a care partner to take care of yourself. Now, before we get to this week's episode, I just wanted to piggyback a little bit on last week's episode where we had the question about moving your loved one to a memory care community. I've had a couple families that have come up with some really inventive ways to explain the situation to their loved one, and I just wanted to share them in case they'd be helpful to anyone else. Everyone is unique, and you know that your family member may have uh, a better understanding of something else entirely, so feel free to be inventive. What we want to do is try not to lie, because if you get caught in a lie, then again, we're going to have mistrust. But these are ways of just kind of, uh, again, being inventive with something that is true, but that, you know, may be easier for them to understand than they're going to move there and live there. One family said, uh, I spoke about her before, the woman that could remember the important things like her, her marriage and everything, but she was very aware of her dementia symptoms and very aware of her memory issues. And so the family said to her, this is a special place for people who have memory issues where you can work on them and you can work on that and they will be able to help you try and make sense of all this. And so that was a way to help frame it for her. Another family said that they had an upcoming hip surgery that they've been putting off for a really long time. And their loved one remembered that. That was something that it resonated with them. So when they said, hey, you know what, I just need somebody to be with you, help you with your medications, and just a place for you to be while I get the house ready for my surgery, and I may be out and unable to help you for a few weeks. So that was a really easy way for that person to understand and do the move for their loved one. And last, sometimes I would say pretty frequently, people move to a memory care after a hospitalization. And so they're in the hospital, then frequently they'll end up in a rehab place that is, you know, going to be there for a few weeks, a transitional care unit or rehab. And then the next step is coming to the memory care. And so when I've talked to a few residents, I've said, wow, you know, 
you you did a great job at the rehab. You're doing a good job at getting better. You're working on that strength. And when they want to go back and, and live with their wife in their old apartment, I say, well, you know what? This is the next step. You're here to continue on your strength and continue to get better. And then we can talk about that. Now, again, I'm not promising them that if they work on their strength and are doing much better at standing up and sitting down and and walking with help, that they're going to immediately be brought right back to their wife's apartment and living with them again. Instead, I'm just giving them some short-term goals and trying to make it a positive situation for them. And that can be very helpful. Well, let's get to this week's message. It's a recording about falls. Let's go ahead and listen to that. Hi, Amy. I have a question about falling. My mother has fallen twice in as many weeks, both times unattended to, and both falls unwitnessed. I don't know that we can do anything about this but we are trying. Do you have any suggestions to help a family protect their member from falling? Thank you. Thank you so much for your question. I really appreciate you sharing that with us, and I'm so sorry to hear that your mom has been having some falls. That can be so hard to hear about later if it wasn't something you witnessed wondering what could you have done. And I just want you to know it's not your fault. And even when somebody is right there in the room next to you, they can still have a fall with this disease. There's a part of the brain that controls your motor function and your sensory functions. That means your motor functions are your muscles, the signals that go from your brain that tell your muscles what to do and how to move and how to, you know, grab that thing and move it to here or how to walk, all of those parts of the brain can be affected by dementia. And usually it's in the mid to late stages that we start seeing this. The person starts to have trouble with that motor skills. And it starts with the fine motor skills of the fingers, the small muscles in your fingers, in your toes, in your mouth, the little muscles that help you pick up that pen and hold it just right so that it writes on the paper, the muscles that help you move around the food in your mouth. You know, you're, you have little muscles in your mouth that help not only chew the food, but also move it around your mouth and to the back of your mouth where it's time to swallow. It, it's hard to believe all that is happening in there, but it really is a very complicated process. And once those little muscles start changing, You're going to start having some problems in the fingertips, in the mouth, and also in their toes. Now, if you just take a moment, if you're you're not driving, if you can take a moment and just stand up, walk around in a circle. Just walk around in a circle and then turn around and walk around the circle in the opposite direction. Maybe do a figure eight. Just take some time. Feel what's happening with your feet you may notice that your toes are grasping. Your toes are moving directions and leaning from one side to the other side as you change direction, and your toes are what keep you balanced. So if you don't have the fine motor skills in your toes to keep you balanced, you are looking at falls. 
There are other things that contribute to falls, such as um, infections, dehydration, blood pressure issues. There are many things that could be the cause of your mother's falls. What can we do to help protect our loved ones? Well, there are a few things. One, you might have to try to figure out what is causing the fall. You know, is it, again, a problem with their blood pressure, where when they stand up, their blood pressure drops? Damage to the brain in that area can cause that. And it may be that they're standing up too quickly and moving too quickly without assistance. The other thing could be, again, like an infection. A urinary tract infection or some dehydration might be the reason that they're falling. There are things that need to be ruled out just to make sure that there's not something medical or something that we can control happening to them. After you have looked at that and decided that this is probably a balance issue, it's really difficult to have someone with dementia who is not aware and forgetful that they should not be helping themselves and that they no longer have that balance and control. And you can tell them over and over again, don't get up without some help, but they won't remember. As I said, that short-term memory, it's like there's a hole there. And so when you say, don't get up without asking for help or push your call button or ring this bell, mom, if you need me, that information, they might say, yes, of course, that's what I will do. And then it goes bloop, right through the hole and it doesn't stick. And within a few minutes, they may all of a sudden need to use the restroom. They may need something to eat, something to drink. There is a reason why they're getting up. And part of figuring out falls is being that detective and thinking, why are they getting up? If the reason for getting up is about going to the bathroom, well, let's do a toileting schedule. Let's try to see when, they're, what, when they need to go so that we can figure it out ahead of time and offer the toilet before they need to try to get up on their own. If it's about something to drink, let's then make sure they have something next to them that they can grab or that we're offering them something to drink very frequently because they might not be able to register that that bottle of water there is for them and be able to take it on their own. Could it be that they are in pain? Are they getting out of their seat because it's uncomfortable? They've been sitting for too long or they are having some just pain that happens with uh, aging for people who are maybe your mother's age, like 80s and 90s. That could be a cause of it. And in order to figure that out, we have to figure out what the pain is and address it so that they're comfortable or do some repositioning very frequently so that they're not sitting in the same position for a few hours and then getting stiff and sore and feeling the need to get up. Are they getting up because they just need to move? You know, even though they're having falls and they probably need assistance with transferring from one place to the other, like from a bed to a wheelchair or maybe from uh, sitting up from a dining room chair to walking with, you know, a family member or, or a care partner, they don't remember, first of all, that they should have that assistance, but it may not be enough movement that their body needs. They might just have that energy and want to burn it. So if somebody just keeps getting up and getting up and you can't figure out why, it might be that they just need to burn some energy. And is there a safe way that someone can walk with them? A physical therapist or another professional, such as a nurse, 
could evaluate what would be the best way to support them so that they can burn this energy without falling. And it might be that they recommend some sort of seated bike or that they're having them do some seated exercises to wear them out and also to build strength to help them try to prevent falls as long as possible. Unfortunately, though, because of this connection that is not there in their brain that tells them, oh, I should wait for assistance, and that connection from their brain to their muscles is not working, falls are likely to happen. And it's really hard to predict what somebody's doing. But these are things you can do to try to reduce the falls as much as possible. Another option would be to consider an activity. Are they bored? Have they been sitting and looking at the same thing for a few hours? I would be bored too. What can we do that would pique my interest? What can I do? What abilities abilities do I still have? When someone starts having falls, they're usually, again, like I said, at the mid to late stages of the disease, unless it's being caused by some other medical condition. And with that, they may have limited abilities to do the things that they used to enjoy. And you have to start thinking about how to adapt them. There are many websites out there that give you great ideas on how to adapt different activities that someone used to enjoy and then now how they can still do that. I have had residents that loved playing cards and would sit and play solitaire. But as their disease progressed, it became more of a situation where I would say, hey, can you go through this deck and see if all these cards are here? And they would sit there and try to match the numbers and and figure out what's going on and how many there were. And it would take them a really long time. And again, they were engaged and they were busy. And I could go about doing what I needed to get done. Now, again, everything I am talking about is not a catch-all. There, unfortunately, is not a way to wrap them in bubble wrap and make sure that they never fall because it is a common part of this disease. But if you can put some of these things into place, be a detective, figure out what they're getting up for, making sure that they're engaged, making sure they're not in pain, you know, having the things that they need thought about ahead of time and anticipating their needs, these things can help reduce the falls. And there are many things that you can do around their bedroom or around their home. There's equipment that I would recommend for people who are falling that physical therapy can recommend as well. And if you are interested in finding out more about your personal situation, I do have consultation appointments available on the Think Dementia website. That's www.think-dementia.com where we can visit and learn about their environment and their interests and and figure out some ideas on how we could best manage these falls and do our best to reduce them and reduce the risk of that. Or if you have a situation that you want to bring up on the podcast, you can go to that website, www.think-dementia.com, and leave a recording there so that we can all talk about it. The more details, the better, or in general questions too. There's a time limit. So whatever you can fit in there, I would love to hear from you and we can unpack it on the podcast next time. Thank you and have a great day, everyone.